Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Words that you were trying to Father, for our lives. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Holy Amen and amen. Well, bless the Lord, guys. Praise the Lord. This is the Apostle Keith Brooks. We greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hey, beloved, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, this morning we have Minister Franklin on the line. Woman of God, are you there? Good morning, Apostle. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Let the Lord use you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Apostle, and thank you, woman of God, for welcoming the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place this morning. We are going to go to Matthew chapter 7 today, verses 24 through 27. Father, in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we thank you for your presence, your power, your love, your joy. We thank you for your word. That is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, Father God. Thank you that it's written on the doorposts of our homes and it's bound about our neck and it's written on our hearts, oh God, so that we would know what it is we are to do, say, and think and how we are to share it. Speak through my mouth, God. Let them hear your voice in me and know who they are, know who you are, and be drawn closer to you in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, and I'm reading a New Living Translation this morning. And it says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat upon that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Verse 26, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. In verse 27, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. The topic of discussion this morning that the Holy Spirit gave me was the house that God built. The house that God built. In the Old Testament, we know and understand that the, the presence of God did not first dwell in the house, that it was behind a veil and the high priests were the only ones who were able to go behind that veil. And when they went behind that veil, that was a time for them to pray and to sacrifice. And then as the Holy Spirit began to teach the people and to use the people of God, they had a desire to build a temple or a synagogue. And that was where the 
word of God was taught and the Ark of the Covenant was stored there, and there was still only limited access by certain people who were considered the priests to set aside the Levites who were called and appointed by God to go into sacrifice. And they couldn't even touch the Ark of the Covenant. And if you read more into the Old Testament, you'll understand that as they were traveling, the Ark began to fall. And the people who weren't allowed to touch it touched the Ark to catch it so that it wouldn't hit the ground and they were immediately killed. So, But when Jesus went on the cross in the New Testament and the earth goes completely dark, that veil, was torn from top to bottom, allowing us personal access to the presence of God, that we wouldn't have to wait until the priest went into the temple on certain days at certain times to sacrifice and to pray, that we could go into the presence of God for ourselves on our own at any point in time. So now we are considered the house of God. But when they were building the houses of God and the temples of God, they didn't just use anything. They didn't just use any type of material. They didn't just throw something together and say, here, God, this is where you are going to dwell. And we shouldn't do it either. We need to think about the house of God as a, a, a sacred place, as a place where we don't just allow anyone and anything to do and say whatever they want. When growing up, we were taught that the the building, the church, was the house of God. But as we begin to learn and study and pray and meditate on the word of God, we learned that, yes, that building should be kept sacred and no, we shouldn't do and allow anything in there. But we understood that, we understand now that our bodies, are the house of God. Our bodies are God's dwelling place. And if we don't allow certain things to go on in that building that we call the church, which we call the house of God, then we shouldn't allow any and everything to go on in our physical bodies, which are the house of God, our temples of God, which we were bought with a price. And when you buy something with a price, you take care of it. You bought your car for a certain price. So when you first get it, you want to keep it clean. You don't allow people to eat in your car. You don't allow certain things to go on and you wash it almost every week when the weather permits. So why don't we take care of God's house the same way? The house that God built. And these verses in Matthew was talking about a wise and a foolish person and what they build their house on. The wise man built his house upon a rock, and bedrock is firm, it's solid, it's not easily broken, so that when the rains come and the floods rise, when the winds beat upon that house, it did not fall. And we all know that the foolish man, who is the opposite of the wise man, built his house upon sand. And sand is not sturdy. It's not stable. So when the rain comes and the floods rise and the winds beat on that house, the foundation of it isn't sure. It's not strong. So the house begins to shake and then it collapses. Then I want us to go to Mark chapter 4. In Mark chapter 4, we have a sower sowing seeds as a farmer, and this is verses 3 through 8. And the first seeds are thrown on the footpath where the birds come in and they eat it up. 
And then the sower also sows seeds on shallow soil where the underlying of that soil is rock, where the the seeds are able to grow up quickly, but because they don't have a deep root, the sun comes down and kills it. And then they have seeds that is sown on thorns where it grows up, but the thorns choke out that plant where because it wasn't able to grow grain. And then we read further in Mark chapter 4, and it says that there was also seed sown on fertile soil where it was able to sprout and grow and produce a crop, and it produced some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold as much as what was planted. And in Mark chapter 4, Jesus explains to his disciples that if they don't understand that parable, how can they understand any of the other parables that he had used to teach them, that he's going to use to teach them? So he goes on to explain to them that the first soil, the first ground, the footpath, are those believers who hear the word, but then Satan comes in and takes it away from them immediately. And then there's the shallow soil are those who hear the word. They receive it with joy, but then they fall away not long after having heard when problems and persecution come in their life. And then the third type of soil that was thorns are those hearers who hear it, but then the, the things of life crowd out the word of God. The, the worries of your life, the wealth and the lack of health and the deterioration of health and things come in and they drown out what you have heard in the word of God and you don't stand firm and strong on it anymore. But then that final soil are those who hear the word of God, they accept it, they allow themselves to be watered with more word and more encouragement. And they produce a harvest. A house that God builds has a firm, strong, solid foundation out of bedrock. A house that God builds a lot is planted in fertile soil where everything that comes in you does not affect you inwardly or outwardly. When the, the rains of the world come on your life, you may do a little rocking and shaking, but your foundation is strong and sure that you won't fall. I preached a sermon some years ago when I was just starting out that it was titled Bend But Don't Break. When you think of a palm tree, a palm tree is strong, and it has to be able to withstand the winds and the rains of the the storms that come in those warm areas, and it's not easily broken. It may sway in the wind, but it won't fall as easily as an elm tree, as an ash tree, as a maple tree, because its roots go down deep into the soil. Hallelujah. We need to learn how to have our houses built on the strong foundation of God. When God builds a house, we don't let everybody come in. We don't let everybody lay hands on us. We don't let everybody feed us. 
we don't eat physical food prepared by anybody, so we need to stop allowing ourselves to take in the spiritual food from any and everybody because he even tells us in his word that there are going to be false prophets and false teachers, but we can't identify them if we don't know the word for ourselves. Hallelujah, God. In Joshua chapter 24, he was telling the people that they had been, they would be destroyed and they, they needed to choose this day whom they would serve. And he told them that me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Will you and your house serve the Lord today? We need to start confessing that we have a house of prayer like Jesus did when he went in and the money changers were charging the people extra and they were selling doves because taking advantage of his people when they came to make sacrifices. And he said, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of, den of thieves. Are you allowing somebody to make your house a den of thieves because you just letting them do and say anything in there? A house that God has built is a house of prayer. What are you saying over your house? Are you saying, are you accepting sickness and disease? Are you accepting lack? Are you accepting mediocre academics from your children and grandchildren? Are you, are you confessing Psalm one nineteen ninety nine that says they have more understanding than their teachers? Are you confessing that with his stripes they are healed, we are healed? Are you confessing over your house that God is the source of everything, my needs, that I need? He is my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Are you confessing that your house? is a house of peace. Jehovah Shalom dwells in there. What are you saying about your house? Will you be a house that's built on the solid rock? He said, whom do you say I am when he was talking to the disciples? And they responded, some say you are Elias. Some say that you are John. But who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Son of God. And he said, Peter, I'm changing your name. And upon this rock, this one that cut the man's ear off, this one who cursed and denied me, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Will you allow God to build your house upon his rock? where Jesus is the chief cornerstone, where this, when sickness and disease come in, when animosity and anger comes in, they will not be comfortable in your house. They will not be able to sit still and relax in your house because the presence of God dwells in there because you are living in a house that God built. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for building my house, God. I thank you for building the houses of everyone that is on this prayer line, God. I thank you for changing our way of speaking and thinking, that we will be built on the strong foundation of you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah and amen. Bless the Lord, saints of God. That's the word of the Lord. And I tell you this must 
soaked into our spirit. Cause God does not build a house. They that labor, labor in vain. Vain for the sin of labor, rise up early. But the Bible gives us instruction. I thank God for you, woman of God, and for you that are on the prayer line. Hey, let's keep pressing our way on. I know it's getting tired, dreary, and lonely sometime on this narrow path. But listen, the Holy Spirit is yet leading and guiding us. Men are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of daughters of God. So let's continue on. Let's pray one for another. Pray for this country. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your apostle. I appreciate God for you till Thursday morning. Tell the neighbor, pray. Let's get on the prayer line. Let's share the word of God and prayer together. God bless you. Have a blessed day. I'm out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.